This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. First of all, welcome to Fearlessly Failing. I am Matt Sofo. It has been a minute since I've been on this podcast. Potentially, what, four months, three months? I'm not sure. We will have to go back and double check that. But today's episode is our birthday episode. So every year we do a little ep together where we get to interview each other and ask all the tough questions and all the pressing questions we have of each other. This year, unfortunately, we are apart. Lola is in LA and I'm in Byron. So let's bring Lola in. Lola, welcome to your own podcast. Aloha. Hello. (laughs) Did you like my intro? It was was very nice. Are you sure? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I was trying to be funny. I don't think it was that funny. Well, I was trying not to laugh so that I wouldn't give you sound and screw up your sound. That was what I was trying to do. Ah, thank you. So I was just smiling at you with love. I know, but I was looking at your face while I was doing it, and I was like, I think I'm going to crack up laughing. I kept getting distracted. Oh, that's that's that would have been fine. Yeah, distracted by your beauty. How are you? How are you feeling today? Uh, I think I was saying this to you by the time this pod comes out. I mean, I hope I know about my flights, but like I think I was saying to you like it's mm. today I'm feeling like a little bit stressed and anxious because I've had, this will be my fourth flight now booked. I've been bumped off all the others. So it's just getting a little bit stressful because I don't know if I'm. It's stressful. Yeah, I don't know like how quickly I'm going to go. If I'm going to go, it's just all a, a little bit um, hard to get back into Australia and whatnot. But I'm sure it'll work out and it's a totally beautiful lesson in resilience and strength. And accepting Accepting things we can't change and have to having to be adaptable. Yeah, you're great at that. You're really good at like being okay with uncertainty. I can definitely tell you uncertainty is not my strong. Like I can be strong, but I don't love this. It's like give me a plan. Like tell me yeah. what my plan is and I can work with that. But like this like limbo feeling is, is probably one of the yeah. most confronting feelings for me for sure. Totally. I think that I don't think. I mean, no one likes uncertainty. I don't like it. I think I just learn, have learned to, um, yeah, probably just roll with it a little bit more, you know. But also the fact that, like, you know, I still need to work. We still life still needs to go on during uncertainty, so we can't just, you know, crumble and not and die basically. <laughs> no, and I think like when you look back with perspective, you're like, oh, mm. that really uncomfortable thing actually happened to teach me this skill set or I'm really glad that uncomfortable thing happened. I'm sure I'll grow from it. Like I think you and I were talking about just last week the yoga retreat got cancelled yeah. That um, and I haven't really spoken about it, definitely not on the potto yet. Oh, I, I never know when this is coming out versus when the other diary pods come out but – yeah, and at, like at the time I felt really defeated and really heartbroken yeah. and then I thought, well, there's probably something to learn and gain from this whole experience. So I'm just really totally. trying to grow from the uncomfortable stuff. Boss, this podcast has gotten real deep real quick. Oh, 
This is how you and me talk all the time, you monkey. We're only we're only three minutes in, and oh, we're yeah, already we getting too. already getting to the meaty stuff. I hope you um you'll have to forgive me, boss. On an editing front, I pressed record like three or four seconds after you started talking, so that's not going to be super fun for you to line up. Oh, that's not going to be synced, is it? Yeah, <laughs> just giving you a heads up. <laughs> I hope that's okay. That's okay. But how are you feeling in general? How's your happiness level? How's your uh, fulfillment level? How's your heart feeling? I feel really good. I feel really. I think I said this to you. Recently, I feel like I'm growing into the human that I need to become. And that's a really empowering feeling. That's a really exciting feeling. And it's a overall, I would say, like, I feel like I'm learning and getting an understanding of the concept of self-belief. And that's really cool and really nice and really, I feel, it feels solid to sit in that energy and I love it. I love seeing you change. I think you've grown so much over the last four months. I think it's been probably some of the quickest growth I've seen you go through and quickest, I suppose, changes as well. Yeah, know? I feel I feel feel like there's been a lot of growth and change and both you and I have kept up our therapy this whole time, which I think has been helpful, not just for us both personally, but also our relationship as well. So... I'm a big, I'm a big, you all know this, I'm a huge believer in therapy and I think that that's been really helpful for me to process the more challenging experiences much faster and then enjoy all the other stuff so much more. Yeah, totally. I think you've, you've also <clears throat> had some really great experiences there as well. You've, you've met some great people which have definitely helped, you know, influence your time there and influence your growth there as well, you know. Totally. I've made some great mates and probably like a couple for life, you know? Yeah. Very nice, boss. Very, very nice. You're nice. Do you want to share some lessons that you've maybe experienced in this last three to four months? Yeah, totally. I think um, there's a difference. So the first one will be like there's a huge difference between being lonely and alone and I haven't felt lonely at all. But like when my car battery got stolen in the middle of the night and like I couldn't call you until 3 p.m. when Australia wakes up the next day and I had two meetings to get to at like 8 eight that morning and then again at 10 and I had to cancel both of them. And I just felt very alone. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, I have to troubleshoot this thing on my own now. And it worked out. It was totally fine and I had help from my landlord in the end. But I had to like think quick and think in the moment and get shit done, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that – and I didn't dislike the feeling at all. Like I I was totally okay with being alone and I definitely didn't feel lonely but I was aware that I was alone. I was Mm. like, oh, I don't have – boss that I can call and help. I don't have that kind of mate that you can call when you get a little bit stuck. Like I haven't got yeah. that. I haven't built that here yet. And so I was super aware of being alone. Then I talked to my therapist about it and he said that humans are actually designed to be in a tribe. And he's like, and there's nothing wrong with being fiercely independent. And he said, but it's really good that you can you can feel and understand when you are alone and it, and kind of look at it non-judgmentally, not as a bad thing or as a good thing. It's just like, oh, I'm alone right now. So I've definitely felt that feeling. Mm. Um, that that would have given you the confident, like some confidence though to kind of tackle anything. Yeah, I think the biggest confidence thing for me, like I, uh, I think I said to you, 
like a few things have happened since I've been here. I've been followed home out of an Albertsons, which is like a Coles, not home, yeah. but followed half home, and I changed my route and called you quickly. And, and like someone kind of yelling at me about my ass um, all at the one time. And then, you know, I've seen someone have a schizophrenic break mm. and then yeah. the car thing. And so like I feel like I've had these kind of like not hiccups but like uncomfortable experiences yeah. that have bought yeah. resilience as a result yeah. and you get to learn about yourself. Sorry, yeah. I can tell you no. keep going to speak and I'm just like keep talking. No, that's you. perfect. <laughs> I was just saying like have, have they been your biggest challenges? Um, yeah, I, I was really interested in the when I saw someone go through that like schizophrenic kind of break where my like because you never know until you're in that position what you're going to do. You've got no concept yeah. of how it's like what they say, you know, when a catastrophe happens, what do you do? And my immediate reaction, like my primal reaction was to go to like the victim in this, one of the victims in the scene and that was what my, that's when all my concern was. I couldn't give an F about everyone else that I knew was totally fine. My concern yeah. was, and it's just interesting what your brain and what you, you like it overtakes. It's like this primal part of you that overtakes your rational brain, if that makes sense. So that was really yeah, interesting totally. to learn. Yeah. What, what do you think that says about you, that you went straight to like the victim to help? So my therapist said, you were able to read the room and analyse who was at highest risk. Yep. And he said you were able to go to the highest risk, the person that was at highest risk. And he said that's a really cool thing because most people followed the drama, like followed the yep. person that was going through the thing and I stayed behind with the more, more of the victim. And I yep. just I didn't know why I did it and I said it to my therapist. I was like, why did I do that? And he was like, you were able to assess the situation really quickly and um, and, and and be with the person that needed the support the most. And I actually, and this isn't to plug my book at all, but I write about in the book that's coming out soon, Fearlessly Failing it's called, um, I talk about this US military training and it's called Hunting for the Good. And the theory is in a catastrophe or in a, a scenario when really bad stuff is happening. So, for example, in military training they might be in a war-torn part of the world and a bomb's just gone off, say, and they've just watched one of their teammates potentially die and another one be severely injured. And so they're mm. trained to hunt for the good so that if they can see that, that someone has passed away but there's someone that's in dire need of help, their brains won't go into shock and mourn the death straight away. They'll go straight to trying to save the person that they can save yeah. and it's called hunting for the good. You can totally Google it. It's on YouTube and stuff. It's really fascinating and it's like training your brain to find like it's like a risk assessment thing to find who needs the support the most. It's really cool. Gotcha. Fascinating yeah. stuff. I love yeah. human behaviour. There's a whole chapter in my book on human behaviour. I mean but also empathy like, you know. Of course, Bosco, you would bring up empathy. You're much softer than me. I'm like the more like you right. I know. I, <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm looking at you and going, yeah, okay, fine. You got this like military brain of like risk assessment. But I'm like also you're an empathetic person that would care you know, for that for that young girl that was kind of the victim of that episode. So yeah. you went to care for her and comfort her. Yeah, know? totally. Yeah, I guess to totally. And I do 
feel, yeah, I think I do feel all of that, but I was, yeah, it, was, it felt totally primal. That's all I can like. Totally. Describe. Well, fight, fight or flight. You just kind of jumped in, did what you needed to do and then. um, Yeah. Very good, boss. Oh, very good. Thanks, this one. All right. Next question. Long distance relationship. Oh, I have this question in your list too. Oh, how do you feel about our long distance relationship? I think it's an incredible gift. I think that uh, we, you, obviously you're not physically together in every way, like sure, like sexually, but also like far out. Like I don't have my buddy, I don't have my buddy that I have my morning coffee with. I don't have my, um, you know, you and I go to the farmer's market every Friday. Like all these things that you and I, like we're very much intertwined into each other's lives. And so like that is a big chunk that's, physically gone. So you're automatically like connecting on different levels. You're connecting much more intensely on an emotional level, on a, like our psychology level, like we're both seeing a therapist whilst we're going through this where um, we're also like holding a lot of space for each other. Arguably you're holding a lot more space for me than I am for you. <laughs> you're the MVP. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I could see him leaning into the mic to add his two cents there. Uh, and I, I just don't want to breathe into the mic, so I'm sitting back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, it brings, I think it brings you closer. It builds a very bo- a deep bond and connection and it fosters something that sometimes you don't have the gift of having long distance. Like I actually see it as a huge gift to a relationship. I think like little things like, you've been sending me care packs with little love notes and I've been writing you old school cards and like it brings back this old style of romance that probably your grandparents would have had, you know, and I just think there's a real beauty to that. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's nothing wrong with it. That's the thing. I think everyone freaks out and everyone's like, oh, long distance. But I think also most people are codependent. So, oh, there you go. You know, I don't think we are. No, I don't. I think, I think potentially I thought I was, um, maybe in the past, but I definitely know now that I'm not. And I don't think that you are a little bit, but not really. Excuse me, Mark, can you explain? I'm just saying, you like you like being around the boss, you know. I love being. I said around I the said boss. a little a little bit a little bit, but no, we're not like codependent people. Like we, no, no. yeah. Neither of us are. We boss go. I know we're very very like independent, you know. Um, relationship wise, though, what's been I suppose challenges or lessons or things that we've had to really work on to make <laughs> sure that you know we're we're communicating and we're. Yeah, making sure our emotional needs are met. Well, the the biggest challenge for me is actually the t- the time difference. So I have to wait till three yeah. p.m. every day here for me to contact you. So I almost have a full day without until yeah. I can speak to you. And I didn't think that that would bother me at all. But I'm such a morning person. Like we're recording this at quarter past five p.m. at night. Uh, mm. which is like I'm getting to the end of my day now and you're kind of just yeah. caffeinating. Just you've, starting. You've dropped your Sammy. You're all focused and feeling funky and fresh. I'm on. Yeah. See, I love the time difference because I wake up, I get to talk to you, and then by, you know, 4 o'clock you kind of go to bed and I get the whole second half of my day to myself. 
There you go. Truth comes yeah. out now, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. It kind of suits. It actually kind of suits me because I'm a bit more of a, a night owl and a night worker. Um, well, you're definitely a morning person, so it, it's probably harder for you. But sometimes I talk to you at midnight or one o'clock in the morning when you just wake up. That's nice. Oh, that, it's nice. That's a little treat. I like That's when a that treat happens. For you. Okay, so okay, so what what have been apart from the time difference? What any other challenges? Honestly, like you're going to think this is petty AF, but like when we FaceTime, because of where Boss and I live, we have really bad reception. So usually I'm FaceTiming to a blank screen that says poor connection. And when I get to see your face. Byron has very bad internet. Very bad internet. (laughs) So I'm often like talking like and sometimes I'll be like downloading about my day or listening to your stuff and it's just like shit, like I just want to see your face. So that's hard as well. But I mean... Big picture, like also five years ago, we would never even had this. So how lucky that we've even got it. Um, As far as like challenges, you know, we haven't had any fights that I can think of unless I'm missing any. I mean, we definitely get on each other's nerves and stuff, but not badly. And we rekindle pretty quick and in the moment. So I don't think. think I think the only frustration, it's like, yeah, only frustrations is, I think you just want to be close to a person. Mm, in your oh. nook, boss, in your nook. Yeah. I yeah. like boss's little nook, which is his little neck area. Oh, yeah. I think I think that's most females like that Um, that oh. little area. Do they? Is that from yeah. past experience, is it? No, no, I just, well, every girl I know, I think if they love a guy, they, you know, love a person, I should say, uh, they want to sit in that little area. Something comforting and something nice about it. <laughs> oh, I, I do love the news. I'm not going to lie. I know, I know. So it is our birthdays, boss. This is a birthday episode. Yes, sir. I'm not going to say our age. Oh, say it. Yell it from the rooftops. <laughs> I don't care. We are 36 this year. Correct. That is wild. Do you reckon? It feels uh, it's still just, pretty it, young to me. It, 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 I feel like it's just gone so fast. I don't, I don't know where the last, even, you know, three years with you, I don't know where that's gone. I know we've had kind of like a two-year pandemic, but. So I think I was 32 when we started DMing on Bumble and then I, had, I must have my 33rd birthday right before our first proper date. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's our three-year anniversary on the eleventh of October, the day I get out of quarantine, boss. Wow, in Australia, that's exciting. That's very exciting. So, what's been your biggest lesson in the last year? Because you've just um, complete. Do you? Do you is thirty-six mean you've completed thirty-six years? Yep. Thirty. So we will be entering our thirty-seventh year around the sun. Thirty-seventh year. So in your completed thirty-six years, what's been your lessons, boss? Or what's been your lessons this year? I think this is a good one to look at because I think with the pandemic and with Australia really struggling with COVID while the rest of the world begins to slowly open, it's a really interesting time. I think the biggest um, lesson for me is like, I th- and I feel like 
I probably sound like a broken record, but I think for me is like resilience, self-belief, yeah. self-confidence, yeah. trusting your gut, uh, being able to read the play, like being able to call out bullshit. I'm getting really good at that. I've got you no are. problemos at all walking away from someone, walking away from a situation, calling out BS. Um, and I've been doing that more than I expected. And I think in LA I'm doing it on a – I, I feel like I'm growing so fast and I'm doing it on such a quick level. Like I'll be like, oh, that felt really shit what that person just did and I'll literally in the moment go, hey, that just felt really mean and hurtful what yeah. you just did and uh, and usually I wouldn't be able to do that in the moment. Usually I would stew on it for a week and then I'd give them a second chance, give them benefit of the doubt and then I'd find myself in the same hurt situation, you know, a month down the track. Yeah. So – it, yeah, I can't believe how quickly I feel like I'm getting clearer. Not to quote my favorite TV show that I'm binge watching at the moment here in America, which is called Friday Night Lights. It's like a old, like literally like 15 year old football Texan football show, but teen drama basically. And they have a saying before they go out onto the field, and it's clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Mm, and I like that nice. clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. And it's like I feel like I'm building my clear eyes right now. You are. Yeah. It's actually been pretty incredible to watch you go through those changes and call out that bullshit or people's bullshit and not basically put up with narcissists and people that gaslight, you know. Yeah, and look, I think you and I both are in this phase of our lives where we really want to give our careers a red hot crack. Like I think Absolutely. we've both made the choice to put like any planning of kidlings or family on the back burner for the, at least the next couple of years and mm. follow our career passion. And as a result of that, like I've realised pretty quickly that if you really want to be playing in the big leagues career-wise and really going for it, you can't afford to have naysayers, people that are fake friends, people that are going to gaslight you, people that aren't going to have your back. You actually can't afford to have those kind of people in your vortex, like in your world. It mm. totally stops you um, from succeeding. I think I told you a story, this would be like six months ago now, but I had a meeting with a publicist and I told her, oh, I really, my dream is to be a talk show host like, Steve Colbert or Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, you know, I was like, this is my dream and we're in the middle of a meeting and she spat her vino out and started laughing at me. And I rem- do you remember I, walk- I walked back yeah, to I was you? Yeah, I was in Sydney. Yeah, and I said to you, I can't work with that person. Yeah. And it, yeah. And I, it got stopped straight, like I put an end to that um, working relationship straight away, it, literally almost instantaneously and – yeah, it sound, that sounds really ruthless and I probably sound like a cold-ass cold ass business bitch right now. But it just – I was like, oh, wow, she, I can't afford to have that energy representing me. And so, yeah. I don't think that's cold at all. I think that if a relationship or a business relationship isn't serving you, then, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with with cutting that off really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually quite proud cool. of you that you did that. Like, I remember we did talk about it and we did talk it through, um, and it was the right thing. And looking back now, hundred percent best decision you ever made, right decision. 
Totally, but do you remember mm-hmm. it took? I oscillated for about a month. Of that course, took a few course. weeks. Whereas now I'm doing shit very fast. Like, yeah. if something you happens, felt, you felt that in your gut straight away. You came back from that meeting. You told me how you felt, and we were like, "This is how you feel. This is how you feel in your gut. You need to follow that straight away." Yes, it did take you know two weeks to kind of action it, or a week to action it, but your first instinct was a hundred percent correct. And I think you always need to go back to that. That's what the candle healers said to me. You know how I keep getting these hippie candles read for me in LA? They were like, um, you need to trust your gut intuition way more and you need to believe in yourself and be way more confident career-wise. You do, boss. Of course. Never forget that. Thanks, Wally. All right. Last, well, maybe not last question, but in the last year, would you do anything different? Any changes? I don't want to say regrets because I don't think that we have any regrets, but would you change anything or do anything different? The only the only thing that's been really tough is, and I know that it won't matter in the big picture when I look back, even a year's time or two years' time, but, mm-hmm. like, the amount of money that I've blown on flying back to Australia is insane to me. Like, that yeah. one economy flight to get home that I booked because it was a guarantee and now it's not a guarantee, it to me is, like, that feels like a waste of $12,000 straight away. Yeah. And so, like, probably, like... Things that I've tried, I've tried to make like the best, like clearest choices in the moment, and I'm just like, whoa! Like even they'll backfire. And I know that, you know, you've got to risk things to go for things, but like it is really hard when you do yeah. feel like things are falling down around you, and you're, you know, putting as much as you can into creating a future and a dream. Um, the only other thing that I've probably found really hard, I don't want to sound negative about LA because far out I love LA so much. It is tough. Yeah. It is rough. It is confronting. It is direct. It is loud. It is abrasive. It is dirty sometimes. Like, And yet it is still full of dreams and passion and opportunity. Like I've never felt that energy anywhere else, maybe New York. Uh, and so I love it. Like I feel like I'm meant to be here, but um, it's it's it financially it has, it has come like we, you and me could have bought a house for the yeah. amount of money that I've spent on this, as you know. And so that's probably the bit that kind of irks me a little bit because I'm just like, yeah. whoa. And, and also it's been really hard to get management. Like they do not give an F about any career you've got in Australia. So I've just dived yeah. into training and I'm studying my little butt off and – going to as many classes as I can, which is great because I'm building a skill set. But like, yeah, I need to have a better game plan for getting management over here because at the moment I've got zero. And you will do that next trip. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be 100%. back here soon yes. enough. Very, very oh, soon. Yeah. Okay. Last question from me. Mm-hmm. Highlight or pivotal moment in the last 12 months? Ooh, that's nice. Oh, that's a hard one, isn't that's it? That's nice. Do you want like a relationship highlight and a career highlight or? Ah, you can do whatever you want. It's your, it's your question. Relationship highlight would have to be I loved the way we bought in the new year. You and I had a picnic on Broken Head, just you and me sitting on the beach having a glass yeah. of red wine and then the rain started coming down. It was like there was a rainbow and – it was just you and me and there was no one else yeah. on the beach pretty much and it was just that was like that little moment. That was my favourite. That has been the, my most favourite New Year's Eve of my life. 
So that will be. Yeah, that was my favourite too. Yeah, well, that's a bit lot coming from a DJ. Like you've probably had some real rippers of New Year's Eves. So that's nice. But I actually don't like New Year's Eve. Heaps of DJs don't, do they? Yeah. No, I like have worked so many New Year's Eves, but then also hate that expectation to just, you know, you have to party or get lit or whatever it is. I don't know. I just, I've never, ever, ever enjoyed a New Year's Eve unless I've had a really quiet one with, you know, a couple of really, really close friends or or you. You're my you're my highlight. We've got to do that again this year. Boss, yes, we, we will do that, that again. But then That'll we'll go to like a Hemsworth party after, I think. Yeah, you've been networking your little brains <laughs> out, haven't you? You'll be cast on the next uh, season of Byron Bay's boss uh, at this rate. One can, o- one can only hope. <laughs> um, and then career highlight. I- I'm, I'm going to say probably, I don't know, I... I think probably getting to LA after like all these years with the green card and like I got a photo taken at Sydney International Terminal, this beautiful couple that were also travelling and it's really scary to travel right now. It feels really full on to travel internationally. And um, I took a photo of this really lovely couple and then I said, could you please take one of me? And I was just standing under the Sydney domestic um, international travel and I knew in the next 15 minutes I'd be on that plane and on my way to activating my green card and therefore my American yeah. dream. So yeah. that felt like a really special moment to me, I think. And then I would probably say actually being in acting school on Melrose in Hollywood would be yeah. another really cool like pinch yourself moment. I tell you what, I took the biggest sigh of relief when you land when you got through customs in LA. Because I had 15 kilos of paperwork. I know. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, I've been hearing about this shit for three fucking years. Like <laughs> you know? Yeah. So when you got through, I was like, I felt like I almost achieved it as well. Because yeah. you were actually you were actually through the you know through the gates and through customs and everything was stamped. Yeah, it was a big journey. That felt good. A big, oh, very good big boss. Journey. I'm very That's proud boss. of you. Happy Thank birthday! You. Happy birthday to you, Seswala. Is are you handing the mm. baton? Are you now? Um, yeah, unless you want to add anything about you yeah. know oh, your age cool. or how people at 36, any expectations, life, any final quotes you want to give. I would just say that when I'm in Australia, I do feel a bit of pressure on my age and to have kids and to be married and to do all these things. Whereas here, like in Australia, people are like, do you want to have kids? Do you want to get married? What's your plan? Are you going to buy a house? And it's all this kind of like settle security stuff. And um, here, nobody asks that. Nobody asks anything about that. Everybody asks about like, what's your dream? Do you want to work as a TV host or as an actor or are you going to do both? Very good, boss. I think that you don't need to worry about family or marriage or any of those crappy kids or buying houses or anything like that or any of those crappy expectations, I was going to say, not crappy kids. Kids. I was like, is he going to come back and fix that? Um, One thing we should probably share is you and I have a little deal where we – say that we'll check in every two years on the kid thing. So we checked in yep. last year on our 35th yep. birthday. And um, so we'll check in next year on our 37th birthday and just see yep. where we're at with the kid thing. Yeah, totally. we are both so career focused. Totally. I'm so happy with that. Um, whatever happens. 
Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Have, all right, my turn. Come on. Here we go. Oh, okay. Here, let I'm, me get my I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, we're, ha- we're halfway through, boss. We don't want this to be. I've got my little notebook and <laughs> ASMRs. So How come you're allowed to make noises but I'm not allowed to make noises? I always bring my props um, to my interview. Am I allowed to take a, a sip of water? Yeah, well, let's both take a water break. Boss has got the most loudest swallow in the world. No. I've I've tried to really reduce. <laughs> Yours is loud. I did deliberately to satire you. All right, come on, let's go. I'm okay, ready. number one question. I have 11 questions for you, dear sir, just FYI. Ra- okay, rapid fire, let's go. Rapid fire. Okay, well, there is a rapid fire section at the end. Anyway, okay. number one, Byron Bay lockdown. Give us a give it give us a taste. What's going on? How does it feel? When do you think you'll get out? I mean, that said, you might be out by the time this pod comes out. Look, it's completely fine. <sighs> There's no cases here, although they do. We I reckon we've dodged a bullet two or three times. They keep finding fragments, which means someone has it here. But for some reason, there hasn't been an outbreak yet. Touch wood. Other than that, you can still go surfing. You can't hang out at the beach, but you can still go surfing. You can still run the lighthouse, but you can't sit on the beach. My biggest problem has been that I can't hang out with friends or can't see people or, you know, that, that's been probably the hardest part. I don't really have like a a single bubble or anything like that. Um, you know, I kind of got maybe one one friend that I could hang out with. But other than that, apart from exercising, I can't really hang out with anybody. So that's been a bit of a struggle. But look, Byron's fine. Byron's totally fine. I've been knuckling down. I've been working. I've been exercising. So yeah, keeping my kind of mental health really, really strong during this whole time. Mm, look at you. Thanks for that. Thanks for giving us that little... Um that little insight into um, Byron Bay's life <laughs> and um, lockdown. Okay, so you asked me this question. I've got this to ask you as well. Um, yeah. How are you finding being in a long-distance relationship? By the time we finally are in, back in each other's arms, I think over five months will have passed. <clears throat> Jesus. Look, I definitely before you left, I was – maybe a little bit nervous, maybe a bit concerned. And I was like, maybe there'll be an adjustment period or I'll be lonely or I'll feel sad. And yeah, there there totally was at the start. There was a bit of that period. But I feel like I adapted really, really really quick. And um, I actually feel happy and I feel fine and I feel satisfied and I feel emotionally supported by you. So yeah, it's actually so much easier than I thought. And I thoroughly having I've thoroughly enjoyed my time and you've never oh lived alone oh like that I've never lived alone yeah but like I was a little bit scared at the start you know I'm obviously an anxious overthinker so I'm there eating dinner and I'm like if I if I choke here I'm fucked you know oh, or who, is that where your brain goes mine yeah. goes to there's a murderer like I always get worried that a murderer well, our, is going to come our house is house. small so I don't know I feel Safe. you know there's, there's yeah it's it's like I mean we Fucking Byron's like the safest place on earth. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm not concerned about my, I suppose, safety. It's more, yeah, you know, if I'm sitting here eating dinner and I choke, I'm like I'm, I'm done. Or if I need to call someone, who would I call, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's always, always 
always those concerns. And yeah, I've never lived alone. I've never lived away from my family. I've never lived away from, you know, all of my friends that I grew up with my entire life. Like I kind of have a whole new set of friends here and a whole new set of people besides maybe one person that, that I knew from Melbourne, you know? Totally. Um, and, you know, as, as well, like a lot of people that I'm friends with here are, are your friends or people that I've met through you that have kind of adopted me as well. That's but nice. That's been, really, that's been really fucking nice actually. Even Max, actually Max keeps, you know, I looked after his dog this week, which was very, very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Good he was here. Well, yeah, he was here for work and um, he dropped his dog off and I had, I had Frank for three days, which is wonderful. But yeah, other than that, I've I've really enjoyed my time alone. I've enjoyed my ability to work and focus and write music and work on our coffee business and a couple other business projects that I'm involved with at the moment. And it hasn't been, I've never felt sad or lonely or cried myself to sleep, I think. And that's been such an incredible thing for me. I wouldn't. I would say this is absolutely one of the best growth periods that I've ever had personally as well, and it's given me that you know confidence in life and confidence in myself to really yeah tackle tackle anything without. And yes, I still have my safety net, which is yeah like family and you and all that and my friends, but it feels like I don't have it as close and as accessible that I do have to take care of my own shit while I'm while I'm here. Cool. So yeah. What would you say like back to the long distance part of the question is like what would you say yeah. has been like your highlight of being in a long distance relationship and what has been the low light? Uh, look, highlight, I think just the ability to emotionally support each other and still be there. I don't feel any lack um, in our relationship. I don't feel a lack of support from you and I feel, well, I hope that I've been able to able to emotionally support you as well. From a distance, so that's definitely been a highlight. I mean, I mean, the only low light is like, yeah, you you do want your partner physically close to you. Um, you do want them, you know, that hot that hot body in the bed next to you. Oh on a, yeah, on yeah. A, I run hotter than you, don't I? <laughs> on a on a cool night, but on the hot nights, it's been um, it's been thoroughly enjoyable sleeping alone. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, so I think you've kind of answered this question in your answers before, but basically in the last year you've gone from being in Cheltenham, Melbourne, to then yeah. moving to Torquay with me and doing 10 months of lockdown in talks with me. And then from talks we literally drove pretty much straight to Byron Bay when we moved to yeah. Byron Bay. And then you've gone from being in Byron with me for six months and then you've done, you will have done five months on your own in Byron. And so like, what would you say has been the biggest change for you? Like there, that is a lot of like independence growth and whatnot going on there. But like, yeah, that I think as well, if we asked you a year ago, if you thought you'd be in this scenario, you might not have thought so. So I would have said no. Yeah, like what is your biggest um, takeaway from the, the like and growth over the last year? Biggest takeaway and growth. Mm. I mean, that's there's so I've actually got so many. In, in, in a way, the positive of the whole pandemic is that it did actually kind of force us to make some big changes, you know. Uh, first of all, you know, I think we'd only been together. You, you got to realize that this is we were ten months in 
Torquay and then 10 months here. So like we're coming up to 20 months. It's almost two years now. Of living together, you mean? Yeah. So we were kind of still pretty fresh at the start of our relationship and we almost just moved in together without even realizing, which was great. I think that was such a great step to... We'd still... Hang on. Buster Rhymes, we'd been together a year already, you monkey head. Had we? Well, we're together three years in like a month. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, well, yeah, we're together a year and then almost almost forced (laughs) us to pull our finger out and move in together, which I think was great. I think that was a great step that we Talks made. was awesome because there was no what? pressure on us. Exactly, exactly. Um, we were just in dad's holiday What's your house. question again? Biggest lessons? Um, like, no, the biggest growth from that, like you've literally gone from like, and you're like to preface for people listening, Matt's family is like quite traditional Italian. Your yeah. family members all live really close to one another and you've literally gone from being Melbourne-based and always near your family to Torquay, which is like, you know, a fair bit further and then yeah. and to a whole new state, which is further again and and then to be also on your own. Like, and yeah. the states are all locked down as well. Yeah. So it's not like you can just get on a plane and catch up with of fan. course. Look, the big, yeah, biggest growth is that I can't believe how independent I feel and how I don't, I don't think I ever feel like I've grown up. That's always been, I mean, I talk about that with my therapist. I'm like, how am I 35 and don't feel like an adult? You know, um, <clears throat> I definitely feel like I'm so capable of just anything right now. I feel like life has thrown so many crazy things at me, even in the last 10 years. And, and when I look back now, I go, like I'm actually so capable no matter what the situation is, big, small, big, little, fucking life-changing, I'm so actually capable of dealing with that. And I feel that pre-pandemic I did put so much work into my mental health that I did come into this pandemic quite prepared to actually deal with it, you know. And I, I look back at I look back at it and I would probably say that do you know what? I've probably actually dealt with worse things in this pandemic emotionally and, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think that's just been my biggest growth that I've been able to deal with these bigger, harder issues and still function and not have, you know, panic attacks every day or break down and don't want to work and just cry myself to sleep. So yeah, just the fact that I'm super, super capable and I know that, you know, our brains are really hardwired for just negative experiences, you know, where every negative experience that we have, we just hold on to that and just rethink that all the time. And any positive thing that we do have, you know, what do they say? Like our brains are like Teflon and they just go away. I've been able to hold on to those positive experiences, take them into the hard lessons and experiences we've gone through in the last two years and really, yeah, be adaptable to them and, and come out okay. You know, I still have tough days, but yeah, dealing with all that, I'm totally fine. And I've actually never felt happier, if I'm honest. That's amazing, Bosco. Yeah. Wow. Can I just say um, that Sammy has definitely kicked in because that was a mighty long answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but overall, get... the overall message of it was awesome about this sense of capability and being able yeah. to handle yeah. whatever is thrown at you, which I think is a great I think that's I think that's a very adult skill set to have. Like yeah. and so yeah, when we met, you were like, I don't feel a day over 27. And I looked 27 and I was like, you're dreaming, mate. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah I know. Uh-huh. I still, I, well. You've given me eyes. No, no, like recently a few people, they're like, I can't believe you're 35. 
And I was like, how old do you think I was? And they were like, I don't know, 27, 28. And I was like, thank you very much for that. Um, just going back to what I said before, I actually wrote down something um, the other day that I heard in a podcast. And I think that it actually really, really related to how I feel in the last kind of 12 months. And it's um, it's our decisions, not our conditions, that determine our mindset, our self-worth and attitude. So it was the it was the decisions that I made Two years ago, it was the decisions that I've made in the last, you know, 10 months of living here and the 10 months that we were in Torquay that have really influenced, you know, my mindset, my attitude, my self-worth. So, yes, the conditions are bad. You know, I can't work. I can't really – well, no, I can work, but it's like I'm not going to be a fucking millionaire this year. You know, I've had jobs taken away. I've lost income from music. But – it's my attitude towards that. My attitude could be that of lack, but I still have everything I need, still able to to live and be happy. So yeah, my decisions have been to be of happiness and abundance, even if I haven't earned as much money as last year. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah. I was going to bring up the music industry and I just thought yeah. like it would make sense because you are a music producer and DJ yeah. and... Uh, have I said it right? Is there a third thing that you are? That's the podcast stuff. Is the third thing, yeah, right? I suppose, yeah. We because you're it's it's produ- music producer and DJ, and obviously all your DJing gigs were like pulled from underneath you. Yeah. The second that COVID hit, and I remember yeah. like you used to DJ so regularly in Melbourne, um, and obviously like your music, you make money on it being played, <laughs> like, and it's obviously not getting played because yeah. venues are shut. So, what has the cost been? Like, you see a lot of memes go around that the arts have suffered the most through, you know, theaters yeah. being shut down and and music events not going ahead. What has that effect been on you? Yeah, um, I mean, just straight off the bat at a top level financially. So, you know, royalties, residuals, um, gigs, and then, yeah, I suppose jobs as well. I don't think there's as many creative jobs, you know, you might get like an ad or a sync deal for an ad or a commercial. I don't think that that has been as available in the last 12, 12 months to even longer. So that's been number one. Um, but that filters down on so many levels. You know, there's so many bars, nightclubs, restaurants, music festivals that employ thousands and thousands of people. That will not go ahead this year. I'm 100%. We will not see festivals and stuff return till, you know, m- m- mid next year. And That's I've had, you crazy. know, crazy. Yeah. And I've had meetings with, um, you know, like APRA and, you know, publishers and record What's labels APRA? and stuff. Uh, it's like our, our governing board that collects all our royalties and stuff. For music. So for music, yeah. Um, so, yeah, none of that's going to return. None of that's going to return. And I think, I mean, I, I said this a year ago and I said, don't ever expect the world to go back. I never thought we were going to go back to this sense of normality and I don't ever think it will. I don't think we'll see the same... Um, that we had, you know, kind of two years ago, there's going to be so many changes. There's going to be, you know, show your vaccine report, you know, you need to get a, a test before you go to a festival. There's going to be all these different protocols that are going to come in. Yes, we still, music will come back, but it'll look a little bit different and it will change. And I think that we do need to adapt to that. And I think that we can't hold on to, yeah, pre, pre-2019 or the, the heyday of music festivals and being crammed into 
sweaty little nightclubs with people. Uh, yeah, but I'm in America and events mm. and music festivals are going ahead. But, yeah, pe- people totally. have to show vaccine ID D yeah. or a negative COVID yeah. test. Yeah. But that's, that's America, not- though. I think Australia is far more conservative when it comes yeah, to that okay. stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's so, but yeah, Europe as well, like festivals in Europe are um, all going ahead. Uh, a lot of things, but you know, Ibiza this season is not. So, yeah, it's as I said, there's so many changes. That's, I think, so many people won't go back to music after this. There's, there's not a way to, you know, um, sustain that lifestyle. You know, unless you're touring or you're releasing music or you're making royalties, how do you stay in music? You're going to – I've got so many friends that have just taken on, you know, labouring jobs or gardening jobs or or working in whatever it is just to be able to pay their bills. So which is, you know, we all need to do something and and to adapt to actually survive. So looking into a crystal ball into the future, like what would your goal now be within the music industry? Uh, I'm not holding on to DJing or live events uh, anytime soon. I think that um, I think that I'll probably revisit that next year. I don't think that I'll be DJing or doing events this year, unless Byron miraculously opens up and forms a bubble with Queensland. Then yeah, potentially. Um, I think for me, I've always written music and I've always loved music. I never made I never made money until 2012 and I never did it to make money. Money's always been kind of a byproduct of you know making music and and having a passion for something. So yeah, I'm still going to write music, I'm still going to release music whether I make $50 or $50,000, it actually doesn't matter to me anymore and it's really solidified the fact that I don't want a life without music and I always do want to write music, perform music or whatever it is within the music industry and money, yeah, doesn't matter. It's a, it's a byproduct for me. I can, you know, potentially make money in, in other avenues of the music industry or from editing editing work or podcasts or whatever it is. Yeah, I'll just focus on that. But yeah, until the music industry recovers, I'll still do my thing. I'll still write. I'll still release music. And maybe movie scores, boss, or soundtracks. Oh, yes, I'll, that's my dream. Come I'd to love America. to do that. Oh, yeah. maybe, maybe one day if they they let me out of Australia. <laughs> uh, okay, so on to fun uh, birthday things. What are you planning to do for your actual birthday, or will it be super low key because of lockdown? Will we you still be in lockdown. Don't know. So we're meant to be getting out on the 10th of September, I think it is. Oh, six days before your big day. Yeah, I know. Uh, if we are out, I'm going to have some friends over. Have a Negroni or two. We're going to have a Negroni station. We're going to maybe a late afternoon thing. Um, That's cool. Yeah, maybe do that. If not, honestly... I'm totally happy to do my own thing. Cool. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not worried at all. I don't feel sad about it. I'm so so fine. Whether I have friends around me or not, it, it doesn't bother me this year. Um Cool. As long as I get a FaceTime from the boss. That's I, and your package, I've sent you a package, it should arrive before the big day. Yeah. Uh well, who knows? But thank you. And I, haven't where- you, I haven't bought you anything though. 
That's all. It's all right, boss. I'll. Well, I know what you want, so I'll, I'll pay for it. But I'm not there to actually buy it for you. <laughs> so my plan for my birthday is, um, yeah. I think I might take myself down to Rodeo Drive. Oh, Rodeo Drive. Get myself. You yeah, haven't lost prezi. your Bogan accent, though. I tell you that much. Get myself a little um, prezi. <laughs> um, so we're actually going to plan, provided I get to Australia and get out of quarantine in time, we're going to plan to celebrate our birthday. I've got you to put aside the 16th of October, exactly yep. a month after your real birthday, and I've got a surprise for you that will be revealed when you open your package from America that I'm sending. Okay. Are we going back to Gaia? Boss, no, this, you can't ruin surprises like this. <laughs> So we're we're celebrating our birthday, but yeah. a month later. So also the day after I get out of quarantine is our three year anniversary. Any plans for that, boss? Um, not as yet, but I have put a reminder in my uh, diary. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new beach, so I want to go try and find. Oh, beach date would be great, Bosco. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I haven't been in the ocean the whole time I've been here. I know. So. I don't know how you're doing that. I swam all winter. All the secret beaches in Byron, sign me up. Okay, I've got some quick fire questions for you. Okay, you ready? Go. And then let's wrap up. Quick fire. Oh, Soz, <laughs> I have not been answering four year-long quest- answers. That's you, my Did friend. Did I talk too much? I might have to edit my, <laughs> my answers out. Quick, quick fire. Are you ready? Go. Yeah, I'm ready. Fave movie. <sighs> In the last couple of years, the gentleman. Oh, now you're stealing my answers. Not that I don't even know if I'm going to be answering this because you haven't asked. Fave animal. No idea. Frank, the Italian greyhound, Max May's mm. pooch. Uh, nah, too hard. Too hard. Because oh I want to say dolphins, I want to say whales, I want to say dogs, I want to say... You get one, dear sir. You're breaking all the rules right now. Yeah, but yeah, you know that. Like, I'm a lover. I love all things. And I animals. feel like I should. You can answer me. I'm going to ask myself. Go favorite animal. Go orca whale. Hands orca down. whales. Bang, no questions. Yeah. I want to okay. swim with favorite, them in the wild. Favorite in movie. Favorite gentleman. Movie. And you stole that from me. Okay, so well, luckily we second have the same favorite case. blood diamond. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow! I knew <laughs> you were about to say blood diamond. I was say, <laughs> okay. Next question. Go. Go on. Next question is, um, what show have you binged in lockdown and loved? Uh, I've been watching, uh, is it Kingdom? The new season? Is, Animal is Kingdom, it, you uh, mean? Sorry, Animal Kingdom, yeah. I cannot that wait. That's called? one thing I'm pumped for for yeah. quarantine. Animal, Animal Kingdom, new season of Rick and Morty. I've rewatched Archer because uh, there's a new season of Archer coming in two oh, weeks. Oh, you're preparing, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I've watched a couple of random other things, but no, nah, that's it. That's it. Favourite movie score? No, I can't answer that. Oh, my goodness, you're such no, an annoying person. Uh, but, I mean, you, you, like there can't be one favourite Movie score. No, but you can be like, at the moment, I am listening to blah. At the moment, I'm not listening to movie scores. I'm listening to a band called Royal Blood. So, no. But I tell you, actually, one score that I have gone back and listened to again recently is um, what's his name? Johan Gorosan that Mm -hmm. did Black Panther. Yeah. I did listen to that again recently and I was like, oh, God, this is good. 
It's this just been good. pulled off Spotify. Has it really? Why? It, every now and then they pull really good things off Spotify. I don't know why. Uh, and then they put it back annoying. on. But but if you've heard it recently, because I tried to listen to it recently, or it could be because I'm in a different territory to you. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I did listen to that again recently and I loved it. And also I really want some more Marvel movies to come out. Who's your favourite um, Marvel character? <sighs> Boss, you know, I just love it all. I'm Winter I don't Soldier, know. of course. I, don't, I know you like Winter Soldier. That's He's so you wanna, gorgeous. It's because you have a, the hots for him. Stan Sebastian. Sebastian mm. Zan. Sebastian yeah. Zan. Is that his name? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. No, nah, I, I like Winter Soldier too. Um, you don't like uh, Winter Soldier. Not like no, I do. I like him, but I'm not like, I don't like froth fucking froth him. Well, Black Widow. Yeah. Scarjo. Yeah, Scarjo is good. She's not an epic character though. She's not like my, my favorite character. Captain America. Yeah, no, I still I so I love Robert Downey Jr. Um Oh, Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man. So he kind of becomes one of my favorite. Oh, cool. That makes sense. Uh Celebrity Crush. Mm. Gwyneth? Yeah, I knew you'd say Gwyneth Paltrow. Right? Uh, I don't know. There's I mean there's so many, but yeah. Go, give just, us the top three. No, let's just go yeah. with we'll go with Gwyneth. I tell you why. Yeah, go. No, go. Go. Oh, I watch. I um, can't believe I'm even revealing this about myself, but I watched that terrible remake of She's All That. Do you remember oh, that movie? Yeah. She's All That, and, and it's, it's called, called he, He's All That. He's yeah. All That. Yeah. And the girl on that, I was who's I would definitely not be attracted to. I was oddly attracted to by the end of the movie, and, and that's she's. The- that's the chick that was the lead from She's All That like 20 years ago, right? No. So the 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 girl that was a lead from She's All That actually plays the mum in the yeah. new movie. Yeah. And there's a new girl who's like a new age influencer, beauty influencer, TikTok, Instagrammer. But by the end of the movie, I kind of got sucked into like this teenage romance and I was like, oh, okay, maybe, you know. Maybe but hang on, is she thing. like 16 and you're attractos? Well, who knows? But oh my! Let's you don't you Didn't don't think you about get, that. Have a go at me the other day for saying someone that was hot was twenty seven and I'm thirty five. Who did I say that about? Well, I don't think I should say it on the potto. Ah, uh, someone we know, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, you were like, no, lols. That's a bit yeah. too much for the age gap. Uh, maybe I said that, but look, in my head, I was, I was like, okay, it's a movie. So if she, even if she is playing a. 17 year old. No, they're 18 in the, they're 18 because they're what, seniors. So high school, they're graduating from high school. But I was like, in real life, she's got to be, you know, 25 or 26. So it's fine. Oh, so different set of rules for you versus me. Yeah, of course. That's totally sexist. (laughs) I'm joking, boss. You've got crushes on heaps of like young guys and I don't care. No, I don't. I always Google the age. The the youngest is 27. Yeah, Yeah. Gotcha. I don't think I could date anyone under 30 anymore now. Oh, I love that you say that, boss. Famous last words, <laughs> famous last words. Fucking hell. Well, when we got together, you had three girls on the go and one was 19. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, 19, 20, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you, you, every episode, you throw me under the bus? No, boss, I don't. don't. I'm just making a point that you have double expectations on ages for I actually people don't care I can about, have crushes no, on. No, that's not true. You know I don't care. I'm the least jealous person in the entire world. 
I agree with you. You actually are the least jealous person in the entire world. I'm just saying that like a girl saying that a 27-year-old is hot, it's that's not uh, that's not off. Like that is totally fine. That's what I'm trying to say. Totally fine. I know. I just so like you're to give you, revoking I just, what you said. No, I just like to give you shit about it. But yes, oh. if you want to get serious for a minute, then yes, you can do whatever you want or date whoever you want at any age. <laughs> this is just a celebrity crush topic. You are aware that this yes, is what that I know, topic is. I know, I know, I know. So fa- final one, favourite date idea. Favourite date idea. Yeah. Or like. For, to, for someone to take me or for me to take someone? Column A and column B, give a two-pronged answer. Me, 100% simplicity. So someone that's gone out and got my favourite cheese and olives and crackers. Oh, yeah. Bowl of wine, put, you know, and taken me to a beach and done that. I think. And a little bit of like sweetener at the end with a little bit of one-twos. Oh, that's very rude, boss. (laughs) (laughs) I know the way you work. (laughs) I'm I'm the simplest person, which is. Your language of love is acts of service. It's not. So if if you've gone and, you know, actually bought something that I enjoy, so a thought's gone into that, which is, you know, a little bit of cheese or nice olives or whatever it is, that's going to mean more to me than an expensive present or an expensive date or an adventure or anything like that, which Which is I see your face (laughs) and you've gone and bought something expensive. Fuck, I know know you. you (laughs) Well, because my language of love is what? I know, is, well, it's gift-giving. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, okay, so what, what about your ideal date for if you were taking someone on a date? Um, so that's the other half of the question. Look, I think that I would probably do the same. I would find out, you know, what they really love or their passions are. Well, me. And, it's me. Yeah. You. Well, this like isn't a road like test the, for The Bachelor, boss. You like the same things that I like. We do like that beach adventure. and Or animals. Animal. I like animal adventures yeah. too. Yeah, I've taken you on animals. We did like animal enclosures. We did all those things. The lemurs, the meerkats, yeah. Lemurs, meerkats, yeah. So I knew that you loved those things. So I was like, that's your passion, that's what you love, that'll make you happy. So I organised that, that for you. But also it was a great day. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That was my all my questions for you there, Boswanos. And uh, I feel like we had absolutely zero filter, so hopefully people feel like they got a real... <laughs> A real, real honest taste. Uh, I mean, we don't really have filter at all. We absolutely do not. Like we I didn't don't. do a – I remembered as we were doing this last time I actually did a call out on Insta and was like, what do you want Boss and I to answer? And I didn't do that this time because mm. I thought that the long-distance interview would be, be of, in, of interest to people because the most common question I get asked is like, are you missing Boss? Are you – how are you coping with that boss? And I thought, well, fuck, we should just interview each other about it yeah. and how we're feeling. And like I think because you and I have therapists, we have a very healthy relationship around like our honest relationship and it is, it does, I know you say you don't feel grown up but I feel like our relationship like is very healthy and very yeah. honest and, and quite adult because we do, we have grown up together. 
yeah, through therapy. Totally, 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 totally. I don't think that we we don't let any issues go unaddressed. We don't let anything fester. We don't. Mm. I mean, I I don't feel angry at you ever. And Just I don't because I'm a great a great girl. Yeah, but I mean, like you piss me off, but I, I don't ever yeah, feel anger. I don't ever feel angry, which I think is a pretty incredible thing to feel. Mm. So you can be like, oh fuck, you're at like you you annoy me, but it's never anger. I don't feel anger. Yeah, same. I would say I have never. I don't think I've ever felt anger yeah. towards you. I don't think I've felt. I think we probably frustrate one another and like push yeah. each other's buttons every now and then. But of course. I think ultimately like there is a deep, deep respect and yeah. that is what sets this tone of like the ability to hold space, the ability to emotionally support one another and it's yeah. this very honest love, I would say. Totally. And I, a few people have you know, obviously asked me about the long distance thing and you doing what you're doing and I said from the moment I met you, I, I only wanted you the best for you and wanted you to succeed and go after your dreams and do what you wanted to do. So when you have that intention in someone's life and they go off and go overseas or travel or tour or do whatever thing, it's like there's no problem with it because that's what you want for that person. Yeah, and I think that like that's – so awesome, but it's also easier said than done and you've totally. done it perfectly. Totally. Like I think it's one thing to say it and another thing, like I've dated people before that have been super intimidated and not supportive of all of my career choices and you're the opposite. You're yeah. like so supportive. And yeah. as am I of you, I would say, like I yeah. really think that you, I think you're going to end up doing scores, like movie scores and mm. TV also, scores. Also, you've hung out with guys and I couldn't give a flying fuck and I've oh, yeah. got female friends here and you oh, don't give I a do, flying fuck. I get a little jealous. <laughs> let's, let's call it. Yeah, space. but I mean like you know the difference, you know? I get more not – yeah, I'd never – so here's my thing. Like I have all trust in you. Mm. I don't always trust – Females yeah. much, which is my own, probably my own shit. Of but course. like, totally. I have so I have one thousand bazillion percent trust in you. But yeah, you get. Hang on, even though I hang out with guys, I'm mainly hanging out with gay guys. Am I not? Did you get hang out with a guy that you'd been on a date with? Nah, that uh, never happened. That never, never eventuated. Which I'm fine with, by the way. I don't yeah, boss was like, so this person I went on a date with like five years ago was like, I'm in LA, you're in LA, can we get a coffee? And I was like, boss, what do you think? And you were like, go for it. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to do if it feels icky, but we'd ha- but this full premise of this conversation, we'd been on a date five years ago, I'd been back three years ago and we'd hung out as friends and had a coffee course, on that three-year exactly. visit. So we'd kind of recalibrated the friendship. The friendship. The fact and that you I asked and checked in is why we have a healthy relationship. As I check in with you when I do, even though you know all the girls that I hang out with or I go for walks yeah. with, yeah. I'm like, hey, FYI, I'm doing this and we check in about it. And I still say sometimes if I'm not comfy though. I know, I'm but a bit like jelly. at the end of the day, like you don't stop me from doing anything because you know that we're good. Anyway, boss, yeah, I love you. Yeah, this is very true. We're at like an hour and seven minutes or something. Oh, holy mackerel. No, no. All right. I love you. I love you, Bossa Chengi. Hopefully I get to see you in real life very love soon. You. I love you. I love you. Yes, I do. I think two, you're two, great. Two.
All right. Yeah, yeah, Bye, yeah. boss. Big love, everybody, and um, hope you enjoy this chat with the boss of Chengi and myself. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.